0: How are you you're good? Hello, yeah. Hey, hey. Good to see you guys. Glad you're here. I love the weather. I think it's great. I love to walk out and smell the crisp air. It just smells good, doesn't it? Where's my my boy John said, Dad, when, this morning he said when I come out and smell that, it just reminds me of playing basketball on Saturday morning. <laughs> so you have. You have things that it you of as well. Hey, I want to uh, tell you a couple of things before we get started uh, in our new series this morning. But there are a couple of things uh, uh, that are very, very important. There's a lot going on today in particular. Uh, as um, you've already seen, we have Service Sunday out there to give you an opportunity to, to uh, connect in that way and find a place of service. If you're not serving anywhere, we'd love for you to check that out. There are plenty of opportunities, but we're focusing on the creative arts this morning. But you can ask about other things as well. And then you may have noticed as you come in on the back wall over uh, on the other side of the atrium, we have stuff, it's, it's time to start getting ready for Halloween hoopla, right? Can you believe it? It's uh, the end of October, but this is the middle of September, so we've met and we've planned. We're going to do things a little differently this year. We usually have the candy lanes where kids just kind of walk through and get candy and have the other stuff going on. What we decided this year as far as the distribution of the candy, instead of the candy lanes, what we want to do is just have a bunch of games scattered all throughout that area where uh, people can interact with the families a little better, interact with the kids a little more, and then we will reward them with candy uh, as they uh, play the particular game. So there's all kinds of games that we want to have present there. So that's where you come in as volunteers, and you're always so gracious uh as you uh serve in this area we always have so many volunteers but what we'd like for you to do also you can check out that table and we'll have it there for the next uh, several weeks but check out the table what we do we have we have a a, on the table there's a a paper with with a picture of the game that we're thinking about having and then there's a sign-up sheet where you can say hey yeah I'd like I'd like to do that game what we're asking is most of them are just very very simple and very easy to make So if you would sign up, what we're asking you to do is sign up, make that game, and then you come and bring it with you, and then you man that game. Now, if you can't do all of that, just do some of it, but that's kind of the idea, and it's real simple. We've chosen simple things to do, but we're just imagining instead of just lanes of candy, that whole area in City Park is just full of games and kids playing and having fun, and we're going to have some of the other stuff that we normally do too as far as crafts and jumpy houses and that kind of stuff. So I hope you'll uh, take a look at that. There'll be somebody at the table can tell you more about that. But that's kind of where we're going with that. And then, um, is there anything going on tonight? Yeah. If somebody says football, I'm going to give it. No, I'm just kidding. It probably is. Yeah, this is a this is a uh, an exciting time uh, in the life of this church, and we have an opportunity tonight to meet over. Uh, at what is currently the Vine Church building. That is a building that we are considering purchasing to have as our facilities to meet. And what we're doing tonight is we're inviting you to come. Anybody, everybody's welcome to come. We want to have a a chance for you to see the facilities, and then we have a little uh, presentation as far as giving you more information. And then we're going to have a time to give you a chance to ask questions that you might have about this whole venture. So it's going to be a really... Good time. I think you will really like the facility. It's very, very nice, real similar to what we would have uh, built had we uh, moved forward with building on our property. So I'm excited for you to see it and to be able to ask questions as, as we uh, continue to try to, to move a little forward with this. Then next week here, right after the services, for all of our partners, we're going to have a partner meeting, and you're going to have an opportunity to vote on affirming the elders recommendation to pursue this option to make a formal offer and all that's entailed with doing due diligence that's required when you go down that direction so our intentions are at this point to keep moving forward that unless for some reason God says hey that's just no longer an option but we feel like at this point it's something worthy to give our full attention to and to keep moving forward so I hope you'll show up tonight I hope you'll come and see the facilities and be excited about that and ask questions. Uh, we've tried to answer as many as we think that you might would think of. We've gotten a few in through email this past week of things that we haven't addressed that we will address tonight. So you may have other questions that we want to talk about and we certainly want to get all that out in the open and have as much discussion as we can about that so you feel good uh, as a partner especially when it comes time to vote that you feel good about what you're voting for. As, as we move forward, so all right, so I hope to see you there tonight. It's going to be a good time. All right, hey, we're starting a new series uh, of messages for the, for the next several weeks, and the series is called Interact. And uh, here, here's, here's kind of what we're thinking and hopefully where, where we're going to go with this, and I hope that, that you kind of follow along with us. And, and again, um, we want you to be here every Sunday, obviously, uh, but I want to challenge you just up front that unless there's just really some unusual reason, you've already got something scheduled, and some of you, I know, uh, you've already told me you're not going to be here the next in, next week for certain reasons, but I want to challenge you to make it an effort to be here every single Sunday as we go through uh, these messages because they're kind of tied together in, on purpose, and we've gotten some things together that we hope will be very, very uh, beneficial to you. So, uh, so here, here's the question that I want to start out and I want to ask you, you know, are there times, are there times in your life when you feel like in your relationships that you're just not on the same page? Anybody? You can raise your hand. Uh, how about, you know, you have friends. Maybe you've been friends for a while and you usually get along very well, but there's just times when you feel like, hey, we're just, we're just button heads. We're, we're just not on the same page page and you're trying to figure it out and you might think you know but you're not sure but just for whatever reasons you're not on the same page how about uh, have you ever if you're married have you ever felt that way with your spouse (laughs) if you've been married more than a month chances are good that there have been at least a time or two where you feel like hey we're just not on the same page. It doesn't mean you don't love them anymore. It doesn't mean you hate them. You're not going to get a divorce. It's just, hey, just we're two people who are just not on the same page. That happens, doesn't it? And, and that happens in all of our relationships, I think. How about this question? Do, do you ever or have you ever felt that way with your relationship with God? Have you ever felt like you're just not on the same page with God? Maybe, maybe you're just not even a believer and it's, and you're just not on the same page, and you're like, I keep hearing this stuff about God, I keep hearing this stuff about Jesus, but to be honest with you, I'm just, I just hadn't connected it all together yet. It just doesn't make sense. I'm, I'm not on the same page with, with God about all of that stuff. That happens, and, and what we'd like to say to you is if that's where you are, you are exactly where you need to be. We would love to try and help answer any questions you have or point you more toward the direction to get you whatever information you need to make that very very important decision about to trust, uh, about trusting your life to Him, so so we're glad you're here. If that's where you are, we're not mad at you because you don't believe in God. We're we're here to help you, and that's that's what we hope we can do. So so maybe that's you, or maybe as a believer, as a believer, it's like you know what, there are times when I feel really 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 close to God, and then there are other times when it's like I pray, I feel nothing. I'm not excited about coming to church sometimes. Sometimes the music I used to listen to that got me all fired up and pumped up doesn't do a whole lot for me. And, and you feel like maybe you've gotten in a rut at times, and it's just like, you know, me and God, I still love him. I know, I know he hadn't turned his back on me, but we're just not on the same page with things. I just can't seem, to, can't seem to get there. If you've been a believer for more than 20 minutes, you probably have been there with God, right? It just happens. That's part of relationship stuff. And it happens with God as well as it does with other people. So our relationship, our relationship with God is, is, is not the same, but it's similar to relationships that we have here on earth with human beings. And it's similar in this way, that all healthy, and good relationships require interaction. They require interaction, whether it's with your friends or with your spouse or your relationship with God. It requires an interaction. It, it's a, it can't be just a one-sided thing. It requires uh, me and God interacting with each other. If I have friends, it requires me to interact with Him. I can't be a person who is a friend who is only always receiving and never giving or always complaining and never offering encouragement. That's a one-sided relationship, and usually those relationships are not very healthy. And so it's the same thing with God, that God, God wants us to interact with Him. We have a relationship with Him. It's not a job. It's not a duty. It's a relationship, a living, growing, uh, alive, flourishing relationship is the idea. And so that takes interaction with God as similar that it would with, with human beings. So uh, what we've done in this series of messages is we have five things that we want to talk about that will hopefully challenge you to interact with God. Maybe in ways that you never have, or maybe it will encourage you to continue doing things that you know you're already doing. But the end result of of all of these things together is that in some shape, form, or fashion, by you interacting with God, that it strengthens your relationship with Him and helps you to get more on the same page in areas of your life that you know that you need to be that with Him. So that's kind of our goal as we talk about these different, um, these different elements of interacting with God. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn to the book of 1 Samuel. That's in the Old Testament, around the book of Kings and all of that stuff. If you don't know where it is, you can cheat and look in your index. It'll be all right. We won't count that against you. We say this a thousand times a day, probably. You hear this all the time. I, I want to encourage you every time uh, that I remember... We're ha- we have this scripture on the screen for you as a convenience. We want everybody to see this together, but we want you to bring your own Bible. I mean, bring it, You either have it on the phone, or you got a got one that you have, but it's got pages in it, and whatever that you have, but bring something that's yours. You make a connection of when you're here and you're listening and you're looking up scripture. You're seeing it on the screen, but then when you're not here, it's there's just a connection of oh yeah, this is the this is my Bible and this is where I go to. To look and you know you don't have a screen with this popping up at your house I would imagine uh, but it'd be awesome if you did right but uh, but so just uh, bring, bring your Bible but I want to read uh, you follow along with me uh, in 1st Samuel chapter 1 verses 1 through 7 and we're going to read these scriptures and talk about some of these uh, this element this morning especially talking about prayer it says there was a certain man of Ramathim Zophim Of the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, the son of Jehoram, son of Elihu, son of Tohu, son of Zuf, and Ephrahite. You can give me credit for maybe pronouncing a third of those correctly. Right? Verse 2 He had two wives. What a man. That's a whole other message, but we're just going to keep going, okay? You can study that part right there on your own if you want to. He had two wives. The name of the one was Hannah, and the name of the other was Peninnah. And Peninnah had children, but Hannah had no children. Now this man used to go up year by year from his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of Hosts at Shiloh, where the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peninnah his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her, therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. Now, you can, it's just a short, just think about what's going on here. Here's this guy. He has these two wives, and one of them has children. The other does it, and they're going, they're going to church basically once a year. They're going to the temple. They're going to do all the things that they did at that time and make the sacrifices and do all the stuff that they did at this time in this culture. And, and here, was, here was this other person who was constantly nagging Hannah constantly making fun of her on purpose it wasn't an accident the bible tells us she did it on purpose and did it in such a way that it just it grieved Hannah. it caused her uh, caused her to cry It caused her to be so upset that she didn't even want to eat when it come time to, to eat with the different things that were going on and, and this wasn't a one-time thing it wasn't just an accident that happened a slip of the tongue i didn't mean to say that this was very intentional hateful malicious attacking the other person year after year so just kind of put yourself in Hannah's mindset maybe you've already put yourself in the mindset and you say I know exactly how she feels and you're thinking of somebody that you deal with that does the same thing so we'll keep reading and we'll see what happens uh verses uh, 8 through 18 and Elkanah her husband said to her Hannah why do you weep and why do you not eat And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? Okay, ladies, you just tune out for a minute, okay? Husbands, listen, it's been going on for a long time. There are times when your wife is going to be upset. She's going to be very upset. And you need to realize, and I need to realize, that a lot of times it has nothing to do with us, and we can't fix it. right? When I read that, I thought, oh, man, you know, she's upset. It's bothering him, right? She's crying. She's weeping. She won't eat year after year after year. He's saying, what's wrong? You know, can we make it better? And it's like, am I not more to you than 10 sons? You know, it's like, look at me, baby. You know, you ought to be happy when you know you got me for a husband. It wasn't about him, right? And so, uh, and he, he needed to realize that. So it, it wasn't about him. Verse 9, Keeps on going. And after they had eaten and drunk in Shiloh, Hannah rose. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. That was a part of just a dedication to the Lord and something that, that was a part of what went on there for those that were serving the, the, the Lord in, in, in that way. So just she's just making a promise. Hey, please, just give me a son. Here's, here's what I'll do if you do that. And she continued praying before the Lord. Eli observed her, as she continued praying, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. And then the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Now, this is a great story, and there's a lot of stuff in there, but what I want to focus this morning on is this concept that one element of interacting with God and getting on the same page with Him is prayer. Now, I, there's probably not a person here that would argue with that. You say, Oh, gosh, here we go, a message about prayer, or whatever. We talk about that all the time. But listen, this is important to realize that if we are going to be on the same page with God, we want to stay on the same page with God. There are elements, it's not like a magic formula, but there are things that we see in the scripture that we can learn from. And one of those things is this element of prayer in our lives as we communicate with God. Now, you can talk in church, I'll ask you this question. What do you think of when you, uh, when, when you hear me say prayer, when you think about prayer? What are things that come to mind? Somebody else. Well, I'm sorry, Blessings. thanksgiving, what, talking with God, worship. If you could, everybody at the same time, on the count of three, if you could make a motion or a gesture that would symbolize prayer, what would you do? One, two, three. Some of you are just really poor sports. Come on. Come on. Do it. One, two, three. Yeah. There yeah, th- there are different things. And the majority are, it's this, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. I heard somebody say, what a horrible prayer to teach children. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. and scare them to death before they go to bed, right? But we think of prayer. Often we think of prayer. As, as this, Somebody's, somebody did this, of praying, speaking out to God. I think a lot of times, it, most of you, it's, it's kind of a prayer immediately. If you just have a reaction, it's I fold my hands, I bow my head. You know, we say it here sometimes, bow your head, close your eyes kind of thing. Which And that's certainly appropriate, and that's some of the things uh, that we do. But But none of you said bitterness crying out, anguish. And that's exactly what Hannah's prayer was about and where it comes from. Look in verse 10. Hannah's prayer was prompted by anguish. Verse 10 says, She was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. This wasn't God has touched my soul. I have one little holy tear running down my cheek. This was, she wept bitterly. Have you ever, have you ever been somewhere, seen someone who was weeping bitterly, uncontrollably? You may have experienced that. We often experience that sometimes when we experience trauma in our life, the death of a loved one or something like that that just drives us to just this anguish and this weeping and this uncontrollable Pleading a lot of times for God. God, we need your help. I need you to help me through this. You've got you've to see me through this. That's the kind of prayer that Hannah was praying. It wasn't just a little calm, a little, uh, little uh, Lord, help me in this time of need. She was crying out bitterly, weeping bitterly. It was prompted by anguish. And it was something that she had been dealing with for years, the Scripture says, Right? I mean, this wasn't somebody made her mad one time, and so she's going to God and talking to him about it, which is an appropriate thing to do, right? This is something that she had put up with, I don't know how many years, but it said year after year. The Scripture said year after year. So if you want to be a literalist, it has to be at least two years, all right, and probably more. Year after year, she put up with this. And here's the thing that I would venture to say as well. She not only put up with it when they went to the temple to sacrifice, Penanah, I would, and unless it was uh, something unusual well, that she wouldn't do as humans do, but Penanah not only aggravated the snot out of her when she was at the temple, but I bet it went on day after day, every day that she was around her, throwing it up in her face. Look, here are my kids. Oh, you don't have kids. Look at all of my children. Oh, that's right, you don't have children. And And especially in this, culture in the time that that this was it was it was really viewed as a negative thing as if you had done something wrong and God and the scripture says God had closed her womb to not have children was like oh gosh she can't have children so not only was it like a social burden on Hannah to, to know that she couldn't have children but here she had this other woman constantly nagging her and bringing it up in her face so that that is the the point of her anguish that she had been dealing with this for a long time. So much so that we read, and we'll look again in verse 12, that Eli thought she was drunk. Now this is kind of humorous to me, but I'm sure it wasn't obviously to Hannah. But verse 12 through 14, it says, As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. I mean, can you imagine? This is the preacher, okay? <laughs> this is the this is the this is the religious leader of the church of the temple. He's at the doorpost. She's and, and he just comes up to her and says, to "Her, hey, you know, woman, you're drunk. You know what are you doing? Get get rid of your wine." You, you would think and hope that the the preacher there, the the leader of, of of the sacrifices and everything, would have had enough discernment to realize that maybe he should have figured out a little bit more what was going on before he spoke to her. Why he would accuse her of being drunk, I don't know. But he thought she was. And so that got me to thinking about my own life and a question for you. When was the last time you prayed in such a way that if somebody would have seen you and observed you, they would have accused you of being drunk? and I'm not asking you when the last time you were drunk, okay, that's not the question, right, but when was the last time you've seen people who are intoxicated, and and they're just usually out of control, and I'm assuming in this scenario, the idea, sometimes people go different directions when they consume too much alcohol, and sometimes you have people who get angry, and they want to fight, and they want to be loud and everything, but then you have those Those people who, when they consume a little or way too much alcohol, they become the blubbering babies, and they just want to sit around and cry all the time about what was me. And that was kind of what Eli thought she was doing. Her mouth was moving. She wasn't saying words. She wasn't screaming out loud. She wasn't being crazy and wild. But she was just kind of sitting there, I can imagine, quivering, her lip shimmering, her eyes watering, pouring down. And he just thought she was just a blubbering drunk is what he thought. And then I thought to myself, when was the last time I prayed that way? When was the last time that something bothered me so deeply that I didn't offer just to, oh, God, help somebody or, oh, God, do this for me, but it was a pouring out of my soul so that if you were to witness me, you would have thought, he probably had a little bit too much to drink. When was the last time that's happened? This, her prayer was a prayer of anguish it was a prayer of her crying out she was absolutely desperate for god to do something she had reached the end of her rope. year after year after year this thing had been going on she had come to the point where it was just it was either god you're going to do something if anything's going to be done god you have to do it a total desperation for god And I said uh, to you earlier, just a few minutes ago, you know, that convicted me. Because, you know, sometimes I feel like I might be praying as if I'm praying to a God who's not the God who spoke creation into existence, right? Have you ever done that? You know, you you, you pray, and you know you should pray, and you even want to pray, but it's almost as you're praying, there's still just this little bit of doubt that you really don't think God's going to do much about that. You know, so-and-so's sick, and they've got cancer. And we will pray, God, we want you to heal them. And, and, and know that God can, and know that God doesn't always do it the way that we want it to be done. But, but sometimes that, that prayer is just so, oh God, you know, just, just, just heal them. Okay, let's move on to the next prayer. We pray for people who are lost. You have family members you've been praying for. Maybe you've been praying for them for years, and maybe there have been times when you poured out your soul in anguish and you 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 you've cried out. And over time, it just gets to where you're just like, hey God, I, I know you, I know you're able, but I don't know if you're going to. And our prayer becomes just a little more like, God, just whatever you want. I hope, I hope you'll help them. And and Hannah's prayer wasn't this way. It was complete in anguish. It was crying out to God, desperate for him. I may have told you this story before, but I had a cousin. Still still do have a cousin, (laughs) uh, at least one. And uh, she uh, had some kids in her house at one time, and they were uh, gathering around playing, smaller kids, and she had gathered them around in the kitchen. They were going to have a snack. Their lunch or uh, I think it was and so she had gathered them around the table and she was in a hurry you know she had several little kids and you know how it is when you get a few little kids together things get busy and they're loud and they're talking and you, so maybe you're uh, getting a little bit frazzled so she was kind of in a hurry I gotta get this food on the table gotta get these kids to eat this so we can keep on going and doing what we're supposed to be doing today and that kind of thing so she kind of she kind of got the food on the table and kind of kind of in a tizzy and and, and she had them there, and they're getting ready to eat. Oh, God, no, we got—we have to have the blessing for the food. You know, we have to pray. We have to pray for the food, you know, even if we don't want to or even if we don't like it. We sometimes, well, well we've got to do it. You know, I don't know. Like, if you don't, what, are you going to choke on the food or, or what? And, you know, have you ever thought about Sometimes you can thank God for the food after you've eaten it. That's legal. You know, you can do that. It, it's okay. But she had this need, children. I want to set a good example. I've got the kids here. And so she, in her in her hurriedness, she kind of just throws up this, oh God, thank you for the food, amen. And one of the little kids looked at her and told her, I can tell you right now, lady, that prayer didn't go much further than this ceiling. (laughs) Yeah, you've probably been there, right? That wasn't Hannah's prayer. Hannah's prayer wasn't, God, please make Pen and I quit bothering me. Her prayer wasn't, Lord, one day if it be within Your will, I hope that You would find in Your gracious, loving, kind heart that You might possibly, if You would want to, someday bless me with possibly a child. You know, she she uh, almost like sometimes when we pray, it's like we're almost apologizing to God for asking what we're asking for, but deep down inside, we still want Him to do it. You know, have you ever have you ever done that? So that wasn't her prayer. And all of our prayers don't have to be like Hannah's every time you pray. I'm not suggesting that if you just don't lay out on the floor and cry your eyeballs out every time you ask God for something, that God's you're not praying the correct way. That's not what I'm saying. But I do believe that there probably should be times that we do that. There should be things that bother us enough, that give us enough, anguish that we have prayers like Hannah prayed and we let God know her heart look at verse 15 and 16 after she's been accused of being drunk but Hannah answered no my Lord I am a woman troubled in spirit I've drunk neither wine nor strong drink but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord I love that imagery and that analogy of this idea of I've not been I've not been pouring out wine and strong drink in my glass. What I've been pouring out is my soul. I've been pouring out my spirit to God. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. When's the last time you used the word vexation? Anybody use that this week? (laughs) That's not a word that we use a lot. But it's, it's major stuff. It's, uh, I like the way the New King James Version translates this. And it says, Hannah says that she's speaking out of, she says, my abundance of complaint. That, that's the same kind of great anxiety and vexation. That, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not drunk. What's happening is I'm pouring out my soul out of my abundance of complaint. When we think about prayer, none of you said complaint, right? Like, are we afraid to complain? Are we, are we afraid to really pour out our hearts to God? So, so here, here, here's the question here. That do you ever feel like that you have an abundance of complaint? I mean, what is it? What is it? Is there something in your life right now Maybe it's been there for years. Is there something that you would say, you know what? Here's my abundance of complaint. Here's my beef. Here's my problem. Here's the thing that keeps me awake at night. Here's the thing that causes me anxiety. Here's the thing that I worry about constantly. Here's the thing that I've been praying about for years, and I still am not on the same page with God. I just don't know what to do. What is it that bothers you? What prompts you to pray? You know, what are the things that prompts us to pray? What are the things that we anguish about? I think that, I don't know, if it, maybe it's our culture. I had to compare it to our culture because I don't live in any other cultures. But it's just the self-sufficiency that we live in. It's like, no, I've got it all together. I'm okay. I'm big. I'm strong. Nothing bothers me. I can handle everything. I don't anguish about anything. Nothing bothers me. I just take care of things. Now We just tell ourselves that stuff, and most of the time it's just a bunch of lies, isn't it? But what bothers us? It doesn't mean that, oh, no, the Bible says I shouldn't worry, so I'm not worrying. I'm not talking about worrying in a way where you think God can't do anything about stuff. I'm talking about, God, this is a burden on my soul. This is something that gives me anguish. And how do we pray about that? Do we do just a little, oh, God, I hope everything works out okay? Or are there times when we should be praying like Hannah prayed and we are just crying out, interacting with God pouring out our souls and our spirit to him here's some things that i thought about lately we've asked you to pray about you know we're we're in a in a important transition time of this church and hopefully you've been praying about who the next pastor of this church is going to be and that's something that's important and i hope that you've done more than just throw up a little oh god do whatever you see fit although that's important don't get me wrong but if we're going to interact with God, God wants to know our hearts. What do you really think about that? What do you really think about what that means? What do you, what do you think about God he, letting God hear your heart about that issue? Maybe that's something that you need to cry out to God about. What about uh, what about we're meeting tonight about a building? Those of you who have been a part of this church for for the at least the last seven years no that's something that we have talked about constantly we've been looking we've been asking you to pray there's been other options we've been pursuing stuff and at this point nothing has worked out we finally have something that we think might be the option and we're asking you to pray about that i want to tell you i don't i don't want you to and i don't want to just say oh god if this be your will although that's important but this is something i think that we need to interact to god with this is something we need to pour our hearts out to god about we need to ask him for things we need to say god pour it out this is this is this is what we think we want make it happen let this be a place that we can have we want to have this place to be able to serve you and to be able to worship and pour out your heart you don't have to say those things if you don't mean that but pour out your heart to god what about people who are lost again you know family members friends you have people who don't know jesus I think if we were to prioritize things, you can put the praying for the pasture aside, you can put the praying for the building aside, and if you don't pray for anything else, pray for them. That's the top of the list. People who don't know Jesus, that's why we do what we do. But but maybe you need to pour out your heart to God and cry out to Him in that way. Now here's the interesting thing in verse 20. I don't think we don't have this one on the screen, but Hannah prayed. And her prayer was answered. Verse 20 says, And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son. What did she ask for? A son. What a coincidence. Hannah, uh, in due time, she conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Hannah prayed very specifically. It wasn't selfish. She was pouring out her heart to God. She was interacting with God. Did she twist God's arm and make God do? No, but she let God know what she wanted. She was very specific. And she didn't apologize for that. And God answered the prayer. But listen, here is the important thing about prayer. The reason that we pray is not for it to work. Right? I've heard people say, and I know, what we mean when we say, Boy, prayer works. I, I know what we mean by that. But listen, that's not why we pray. We don't pray so that prayer will work. That's kind of a byproduct of I mean, what does that even mean really? We say prayer works when God answers it the way we want it to be answered. That's when we say prayer works. I don't know of anybody who's prayed for something and not gotten it and said, Boy, prayer really works. Right? We, we say that when God answers it the way we want it to. We feel like we've, we've got something that we've wanted, so it worked. But the goal of praying is not for it to work. The goal of praying is to interact with God. Crying out to Him, revealing our hearts to Him, understanding His heart, getting on the same page with Him. That's the goal of prayer. It's about that relationship that we have with Him. And yeah, it's great when things work out the way we think they should. Sometimes it's good when God doesn't answer things the way we want him to, right? Because a lot of times we may just be praying out of our own selfishness and God loves us enough to say, I'm not giving you that. You don't need that. You think that would be good for you, but that would destroy you. It's not happening. That's a good thing. So prayer is not about praying to make it work. Prayer is not this what we're talking about of interacting with God. This is not a formula to say, well, Donnie said, if I want to get on the same page with God, all I have to do is pray, and then God's just going to do everything that I want, and life is going to be great. That's not the way it happens all the time. But the, the thing about it is, the awesome thing about it is, as we pray, we're interacting with God. And we're learning more of Him. He's learning more of what's on our heart. He knows what's on our heart, but we're learning more about what's on our heart as we confess that to Him, as we cry out to Him and talk to Him about that. That helps us to get more on the same page. So when life just falls completely apart, guess what? It's not about things working. It's about now that it has fallen apart, I've got a relationship with God and I'm on the same page with Him. He's going to take care of me and things are going to be okay. Right? So interacting with God... There are a lot of ways to do that, but prayer is a very, very important thing. So here's the challenge that I want to give you this morning. If you have uh, your connection card or if you have your phone where you can type a note or if you just got something that you can write down, but that connection card will be a great thing to do. You can do it in the notes section if you want to because you may tear off the other part and hand it back to us by the end of the service. But here's what I want you to do. This is homework, okay? I really want to challenge you to do this, even if you 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 might have to think about it. You might have to really really think about what this means, but here's what I want you to do. If you were to write down something that you felt like you needed to cry out to God about, what would it be? Is there something in your life that you feel like it's, it's an anguish to you, that you have an abundance of complaint, that you feel anxiety and vexation over... There's this issue in your life that has been there, and maybe you have been praying, but maybe you say, you know what, I just really need to get on my face before God and cry out to him. What is that that you would write down? It might be about yourself. Maybe it's about somebody else. Maybe it's that person in your family that that doesn't believe in Jesus and and you've tried to talk to them, and, and you've gotten turned away and turned away, and, and, and maybe you've just gotten cold to that. It's like, gosh, I can't keep getting beat up like this every time I try to talk to them. I don't know. Maybe is that something that God would say to you? Okay, it's, it, it's, it's time to get back on the same page with me with this. I'm going to give you what you need. And I want you to cry out to me on their behalf. I don't know what it would be for you, but I would challenge you to say, could you write something down, something come to mind? It might be in a relationship. It might be in your relationship with God. Maybe there's something going on at work. Maybe there are people like Penanah that are just aggravating the snot out of you and they're doing it on purpose and it's getting to you. And you don't know what to do about it. And it's just time to cry out to God about that there could be just a thousand things but i would challenge you what is it for you write that down keep it somewhere you can see and this week make an effort to cry out to god about that issue or those issues that you have let god know your heart interact with him get on the same page and that will definitely help us maybe it doesn't work the way we want it to turn out but it certainly helps us as we grow in our relationship with God and understand more about Him and reveal more of our heart to Him. Pray with me, God. Uh, thank you for today. There's so many things in Scripture that we can look at, and Lord, we know there's not a formula. There's not a if we do uh, one, two, and three, that everything will be great. But Lord, I thank you that there are examples, and we'll continue to look at different things in the Scripture. There are examples of people's lives people's lives that you were involved in, people's lives that you cared about, and we just have glimpses of how they dealt in their relationship with you. And it's encouraging to us that we can see that there were people even long ago who, who dealt with stuff similar to what we deal with today. And thank you for the example of Hannah this morning and her character and her ability to cry out to you. And to follow through with the vow that she promised you when you delivered to her. So we ask that you just help us, whatever it might be. Even even the idea of crying out to you, we, we even need help with that. So give us some guidance. Give us some wisdom. We want our prayers to be answered. But more than that, Lord, we want our relationship with you to be developed. Because that's what it's about as we have a relationship with you. So just watch us this week help us, encourage us in Jesus name